Hey there, folks. It's producer Brock, and I'm going to let Guthrie intro the show, and then I'll tell you what we're going to listen to. Hey, Sprocket listeners. An unforeseen event caused us to lose access to our studio at the last minute, so we're going to hit you up with a best of for this week. Appreciate you listening in and look forward to resuming with another show next week. Thank you all for listening. Hope you're riding and traveling safe, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Guthrie. All right. Now, the Sprocket Podcast has been around for a long time. As you know, I don't go on mic that much anymore. But these are some episodes that we recorded back in 2015, back when we had a a pretty nice little office studio down on Division Street. Now, Division Street has increased in value, I suppose, for property owners. And uh, it has also increased, some might say, in kitsch. But we had our little studio down there. And we would have people in right next to the train tracks down there, uh, just a couple scant blocks away from the beer mongers at Southeast Division and 12th. So we've got three different little snippets for you here. Uh, One is the Zavitkowskis, uh, Paul and Caroline. They famously had a honeymoon by bike. So we're going to play you some of their interview. Then we've got Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regranary. He uh, came in and talked a little bit about the book that he was writing and uh, at the time was, I I believe, promoting to publish. So uh, that's fun. That's a reach back there as well. And then, finally, the Beer Mongers. Uh, Sean, of course, owner of the Beer Mongers, and uh, his brother Terry brought in Sam to talk about an amazing self-propelled adventure that they had. So, first up, Paul and Caroline. The the proposal, which I think pretty much came with the caveat, hey, if we're going to get married, our honeymoon's going to be a cross-country bike ride. I think that was like the stipulation yeah, of I think the, that marriage. Was into the marriage. Yeah, I'm not sure how that went down in the, the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah, they're like the only. Right. Meetup. Please sign <laughs> on the dotted line. <laughs> the only. You haven't read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hope you like yeah. bike touring. But, Seriously. But fortunately, we both like bike touring. Yeah. So right. That worked out. So you but, both had done a lot of bike touring before this, or? We both had done some. I mean, nothing clearly as epic as what we did in our honeymoon. I think the longest you'd done is I'd like done a, a week. week. Okay. And I think it's the longest I'd done is like four days. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned Cycle Wild, which is Portland's nonprofit dedicated to getting people on bikes outside camping. Why, no, we have not. <laughs> <laughs> and falling in love, I think, is an omission statement. Yeah, okay. There we go. <laughs> yes, because there's a number of people who've gotten together like due to yeah, yeah, yeah. Cycle Wild, right? Yes. Yeah, there is a number. Yeah. I'm, but all you kids out there that want to meet somebody, you know, ditch the apps, yeah. go out and go out in the woods with with a bicycle and a bunch yeah. of people. Absolutely. You'll meet somebody cool. It makes me these. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to, I, I want to say my first cycle wild trip, actually my only cycle wild trip that I've actually <laughs> met the group and camped with, uh, we were at Milo MacIver and I want to say that was 2011, but I, I think Caroline, I met you there and I'm not sure if yes. you were there, Paul, or not, but, I, uh, I think that was when Paul was having his bachelor party. Okay. And I was like stalking him on Facebook from my love. Uh, <laughs> Just to make sure everything's going all right. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah make sure he's safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Safety. Um, yes. Okay. Right. But I remember like the wedding was nothing like but safety at that point. That, mm-hmm. that afternoon. <laughs> it was all neon. But uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so you guys, uh, you met, you got together, uh, there were yeah. tender feelings, and then the wedding happens. 
This is on the yes. coast, right? Yeah. So Oceanside, Oregon. Yeah. So with the the intent that our honeymoon was going to be a cross country bike trip, we got married uh, on the ocean. As like, well, that would be the the logical place right. to start. You start on the coast. You sure. Get married on the coast. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our wedding ceremony was kind of like the start of a journey, start of an adventure, start of a, a life together as kind of like mimicked by what would be the bike trip. So it's like it a beautiful kind of, metaphor. Yeah, it was It was a very much a metaphor of like this trip where we're getting married is on the coast and there's like this logical path that we're going to take. Yeah. So. And we did stop in the middle of the ceremony and run and dip our toes in the ocean. Right. So that was oh, like, okay. like the start. That was like the kiss and then we like ran to the ocean and like, <laughs> like didn't tell anybody that we were doing that. Well, think, you, you really had I no think excuse. we told the officiant and then we just like... <laughs> Like yeah. booked it. Like the photographers were like freaking out <laughs> as they like, <laughs> like, like, like he, the photographer was like in like just like ten feet out of like getting our kiss, and then we just like bolted at him, and I think he kind of like freaked out. He's like, ah, you're coming at me! What did I do? Well, it's a photographer. You hired me. Don't knock the camera out of my hands. Yeah, it's a photographer's nightmare because like they're they're supposed to get like all the cool stuff, and then all of a sudden you throw in right like you're bolting for the ocean. They're I think like, one of our got favorite photos is actually. Yeah, one of our best shots is actually like a really blurry photo of us, like <laughs> hand in hand, just like you can see us smiling and yeah. just like running at the camera. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And so did you actually leave like directly from your wedding on this bike tour? So spent the, the night. Yes, we at least spent the night. <laughs> and the day after, we biked back from Oceanside to Portland with how many people from our wedding? Like 35, 30, 40 or something? Yeah, and it's an entourage. we had yeah. um, our family and friends did SAG support, so we had different stops along the way with like wedding cake for lunch, and oh, we had all of the like leftover wedding food is like one of the stops. So it was like, mm-hmm. and this stop is going to be like leftover salmon and orzo. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, well, if you so leave, I, that's the thing about a wedding is that oftentimes people leave before the food's all consumed, right? Like mm-hmm. people uh, people get married and they leave on their honeymoon, like, and then there's all these people hanging around cleaning up, and there's just leftover food. So you might as well eat that stuff. Yeah, it's right. great, yeah, and feed it to people that are biking alongside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. That was really fun. Um, we had like my cousins rode with us who'd never ridden more than twenty miles. In oh, that's life, beautiful. And they rode the ninety miles back. Yeah. Oh man. Where, did they make yeah, it okay? Yeah, they were they safe. Did. They yeah. they didn't hurt like, themselves or pull any muscles or they were really proud of themselves. That's too. Awesome. At the end of it, they yeah. were like, "That was amazing." So that's it was the thing. Really mm-hmm. Challenging because we did uh, Nestucca River Road. Oh right, too, yeah. so. we just talked about that last week. Right? Oh right, yeah. This uh, is the yeah. the most beautiful bicycle road to the coast, it, except for the yeah. hills. Except for the hills. Yeah. Okay, but it's great. Yeah, Very it's beautiful. a wonderful path. So yeah. We had multiple people set up, and I, I think like one of the ones that was really fun is is that uh, uh, our friend uh, Fiona, who's uh, British, wanted to do like tea afternoon tea. So oh, nice! She, like mm-hmm. set up like a tea stop like along the way, <laughs> and at some point in time, our friends uh, Brad and Kim like we, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna get fried chicken," and we we misinterpreted that as like. It was suddenly like America versus the Brits. It was like, <laughs> it, was, it was like, yeah. Like, Fuck your tea. The, the, yeah, the rest stop was now going to be like British tea versus American fried chicken. Right, right. And yeah, we were like, this rumor for miles. And it just, yeah, we're like, like 40 miles. It just kind of like circulated this, this rumor. Tension. It just kind of like grew. Yeah. Like everyone was like making it out. 
And then we got there, and it was like, oh, the the chicken's gone. We ate it all. It was, it was <laughs> oh. our lunch. <laughs> they had <laughs> just like, gotten yeah, a couple so, pieces for themselves. Yeah. And, so T wins out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, T always wins. And cakes and crumpets, right? Because of selfish Americans. And, like, oh. cookies and, you know, like, shortbread cookies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this could be a metaphor, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After Portland, uh, you guys, did you take the Transamerica route? Did you go uh, adventure cycling or did you kind of chart your own? Yes and no. Okay. We we took uh, the Northern Tier route oh. for part of the way and then we went off on our own and joined back up with it and different points because Paul is from Minnesota and I'm from Michigan. So kind of when we got to the areas where we knew people, we ended up going off route a lot. Right. And that's really the best way to do it, in my opinion, because, uh, you know, the I think the adventure cycling routes are there to get you to the places you don't know how to get through. And then if you're from somewhere like Minnesota or Michigan, like, you yes know those places. no. Okay. So the route that we took, the northern tier through, like, Montana and North Dakota, are no longer the route. Oh, true. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, ours of- was the last summer of the old maps before yeah. Adventure Cycling pretty much had to change their route to divert around the... The fracking? The fracking. Yeah, the, the oil boom, yeah. the yeah. big trucks. Yeah, sure. so a lot of our stories could revolve around just like having to deal with crazy semi-traffic and just like some of the cities that we get to where it's like there's nowhere to stay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is nowhere. I mean, I don't think that we ever stayed anywhere official in North Dakota, <laughs> but I think that people put us up like the yeah. whole time. It, we loved the state. Everyone was awesome. Oh, nice. We met amazing people. But but yeah, like pretty much anywhere that was like maybe, you know, quote unquote, booked. like, um, you know, like, oh, there's services in this town. It was mm-hmm. like the town had just like kicked all of the truckers out of the park who were like squatting <laughs> uh, and yeah. like no longer was the city park available to camp in. Right. It was until these damn truckers showed up. They were right, like, right. and they were camping there year round. And this is like Montana, Northern Montana. Right, like right. it snows and it gets really cold. Like, apparently they finally disappeared. Like the sort of like tent camp disappeared when I think it hit like negative 20. Yeah. And then like the city like instantly went in and it was like closed. <laughs> no, you know, like the, no more camping in the park. Yeah. Nobody gets Which to go had here previously anymore. been there because of the adventure cycling. Like, yeah. They've gone in and like built those inroads. Like, sure. Hey, cyclists are going to come through. You should let them camp in the city park. Um, but that so wasn't what, allowed anymore. What so. we're saying is oil ruins everything. Yeah. Well, and with apologies <laughs> to Todd, the trucker who I, I met last week, cool guy uh, yeah as far as i know he doesn't camp out in the uh in the city parks as ah. far yeah he goes to truck stops he does his he's, he's working he's doing his thing uh the problem with with all these north dakota towns is that uh, you know it's it's where everybody everyone's influxed into that place i mean and, from, uh, from what we learned i mean the term trailer trash actually came from like the oil industry in terms of like, really truckers coming in and uh basically setting up camps fascinating um, and that's actually the, the term developed from that where it's like this the oil boom like people move in and they're there for a while and they kind of cause ruckus they take a bunch of money and then when the oil's gone they leave right and and this was complicated because this was also the year that Minot North Dakota flooded oh so oh. the entire town <laughs> flooded out and so all those people were displaced and then a bunch of volunteers came in and they were all camping in the Walmart parking lot <laughs> And so there was just a huge housing shortage everywhere. Yeah, everyone's trying to camp at the same place. Right. Yeah. 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 
Wow, that's intense. All the, all the truckers pretty much had the hotels booked up. Yeah. Um, you know, there was like a bed and breakfast, apparently, like $200 a night or something. Wow. In North Dakota, yeah. And that's probably beyond your budget for what yeah, you would thought you would do. Yeah, uh, We ended up, uh, one of the best stories I think we've ever had uh, from our trip was uh, in Minot, North Dakota, we stopped in, I think we passed it, and it was called the Blue Rider. And it oh, looked right. on yeah. the outside of it, it had like a rusted, like broken neon sign with like grain belt so beer. Super hipster. It, like, yeah, it like <laughs> yeah, yellow outside. Yeah, total hipster. You know, it was one of those where it was, like, it was like a small building and it was like in a vacant lot to the left and a vacant light lot to the right. Yeah. And it was like the Blue Rider. Right. It was like, hey, sweetie, we should go there. That looks great. <laughs> and we totally won't get murdered. Like this, this looks like the place we want to go. And we walk in and it's... It was beautiful. It was the apparently the owner was like the professor, like art professor at the local college, and oh, there was really? a bunch of really nice art up. Yeah, it was and like it was, it was like like floor to ceiling, just like art paintings, like everywhere. And, the, and it was like good beer menu, good like spirit mm-hmm. on. Uh, yeah, it was a wonderful, like little place, and that's where all the locals went. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we hung out there. Because the nothing else we, was available. We didn't know in where mind. we were going to stay that. We still didn't know where we were going to stay that night. <laughs> we thought we'd probably go to Walmart and camp yeah. with the other with volunteers. the rescue volunteers. Yeah. And then uh, Paul is chatting up this guy and yeah, chatting up with this guy and we, he was, uh, was a local organic farmer in North Dakota, um, and he he has a house on you know on his farm that he goes to. But the only reason he was in town is because his house that he owns in the city had flooded out. And so he was in the process of gutting the lower level, uh-huh. like just everything out of it, um, which is when we were biking around town, all you'd see is these piles of just debris, uh-huh, be it yeah. like sheetrock and furniture and clothing and just like everything just like rotting. I mean, just like out on the curbs, refrigerators, stoves, everything was just like out of the houses, like on the curb. Yeah. So it was just like massive piles. And he was like, that's what he was doing. He was basically gutting his house, all the walls. Um, and he's like, hey. I have this abandoned house. <laughs> you want a place to sleep? Would you, yeah. <laughs> would, you exactly. like, would you like to sleep in my abandoned house? <laughs> I totally won't murder you. He <laughs> was a nice guy. I think he had already bought us nice. a number of yeah. rounds. And, you know, it was like, it seems legit. I right, mean, yeah. right, yeah. Sure. I think the a big theme of the trip is just like the power of human kindness. Um, right on. It's yeah. like, you, you think about this as like, oh, people in the world, like, oh, the things are just falling apart and, our trip was literally the exact opposite of that. It, it was the kindness of humanity, oh, like yeah. tenfold. It was like he was like, "Hey, I have this house. If you want to pitch tent upstairs, the upstairs was unaffected. It still has running water. Don't drink it. The toilet <laughs> works, um, yep. and you can just stay there for the night." I don't think it's, there were any doors on the no. ground level. Oh, nice. And <laughs> open windows, which is why we had to pitch a tent. So okay. The mosquitoes. And there we go. Because yeah. the bugs are out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is oh, North yeah. Dakota. Just, well, and after a flood, <laughs> right. I'm sure the mosquitoes are out in like full force. Right. Wow. Well, that's so, yeah. super cool. So it's the the kindness of humanity. And it's like in the middle of a huge disaster, they say, hey, yes. we've, we've got a yeah. place for you. Yes. Yeah. It was one of those mm-hmm. amazing moments. And we had... We had ton of those like we 
kind of so many amazing yeah we we so generous you'd roll into a town and we had it down i mean we maybe (laughs) you want to talk about this a little bit a little bit maybe you can can talk so nice but you know i mean when you say you're on your honeymoon like that just oh yeah warms everyone's heart true um yeah so we well the first i think the first time that we ever ended up staying at somebody's house um was we're in in uh, Haver, Montana, and Haver. we're Haver. It's an Amtrak stop. It is. We we pretty much followed the Amtrak nice. through the Empire Builder. We yeah, pretty much the followed Builder. the entire yeah. path of that. Yeah. So so we were uh, we were calling around trying to find a place to stay, and it turned out that the state swim meet was in town that oh. day. Oh. So you know the three motels or something in Haver were all booked up, and right. um, this elderly lady overheard us, and then. You know, was talking to us, and we're like, "Oh, we don't have anywhere to stay." You know, like <laughs> wink, wink. And, Whatever shall we do? And then, and then, yeah. Hey, is there a city then, park we can like? Right. Is, do you know anywhere we can in, stay? And local so, school cemetery. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So then she came back and invited us to stay at her house. And, oh, super cool. Um, and and that's kind of what we ended up like. It was a little accidental that time, but afterwards. We realized, you know, we can go into a town, we go to a, go out to dinner, little, you know, local diner, and then um, we chat up some people and we ask them where we can stay. And, it, you know, if there's somewhere to stay, then they say, oh, go stay in the city park. And if there's nowhere to stay, then they suddenly feel responsible for our welfare. And they <laughs> well, we can't usually, leave these honeymooners out hey, there in the cold. Do you know a place we can stay? If we die, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Leverage, yes. Yeah. Nice. We're on our honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I used that. Well, it was the first the first year that my wife and I were married. Was like we, you know, we tried to go camp somewhere, we totally couldn't, and so we ended up knocking on somebody's door. I'm like, me and my wife over here, we can't. You know, it's like if I was just some random dude, I think it wouldn't have gone as well. But if I'm like me and my sad looking wife just can't find a place to camp, can we yeah. sleep on your lawn? And it's totally cool. So, and I do think being a couple really helps. Yeah, um, yes. you know, I think a woman adds legitimacy, and then well, dudes are then, creepy. But, we can say this, right? Sure, yeah. right. Yeah. But no, I, but I, if I, we were just if it was just me and another woman, then a dude wouldn't want to look creepy. Oh, right. You know, and right. wouldn't want to invite us. I don't want to offer right because yeah. I'm yeah. gonna look creepy. So you two girls want to come over and spend the night at my place? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound yeah, that no. great. Whether or not your intentions are good, it just doesn't doesn't pan out so well. So yeah, it's it's kind of the the perfect combo, uh, and definitely like throwing the honeymoon on top of that like opened oh, yeah. amazing doors, <laughs> right? For us. So if that leverage is available to you, this is a good tool to use when cross. We have been tour. on our honeymoon Absolutely. for three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amazing what you can get, right? Yeah. Well, I'm curious, when you reached the places that were familiar to you, what was that like? Uh, were you bicyclists in your former homes, like in former states? Yes. Okay. That's actually a very curious story that doesn't get asked a lot. Um, so I'm from Minnesota, and when we got into Minnesota, it was kind of like the first time like we were back in civilization. Sure. You know, having right. just gone through what I mean, was Montana, Fargo North was Dakota. Like a huge town. Oh man. Us. Holy cow. Biggest enormous. town. Yeah. yeah. Enormous town of yeah. Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> they had more than one restaurant. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Uh, and so when we got to Minnesota, then it was kind of, uh, a lot of the state was actually bike path. Like just the, uh, the Rails to Trails mm, Conservatory really and like the the Lake Wobegon Trail. Oh yeah, is is a thing there. 
<laughs> it's been a quiet week in Lake Wobegon, my hometown. Yeah, and they have an yeah. amazing bike path. Who right. knew? Right, seriously. Yeah, it's like 50 miles long. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. And, kinda and like- paved. It, the bike path is paved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, some of the bike paths in Wisconsin weren't paved. And this is like hundreds of miles, I think, in Minnesota. You don't yeah. often get path. that, yeah. Yeah, it was like a diagonal across the state, pretty much, like bike path. And so... Um, it was great. I mean, we went through Minneapolis, St. Paul, amazing, you know, town. We had some, uh, local friends mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, basically, uh, chauffeur us via bike uh, around town, like oh, show nice. us the sites. Cause that was always the thing. Like we would go into a uh, town and like, see if we could find somebody to like, kind of like show us the, the bike infrastructure and kind of like get a feeling for the town and the city if we knew some people right because that's um, way better than a map like if you have human people right. yeah well, human people yes but but people that can show you places to go and be like so, hey we know this area we'll take you to the cool spots yeah i would say like that was oh, great but every time as cyclists in minnesota we got off the bike paths and we were like interacting with cars it was like some of the worst car oh, drivers right. we experienced i think on the trip um, we had to cross like a bridge at one point that was under construction and it was a busy bridge and we just had to cross and we just had to take the lane Yeah, and just had like an irate driver, like just gun past us, like just swearing and cussing us out yeah. like across this bridge. And it's just like, we have nowhere else to go. Like, this is the only bridge that we can use. Mm-hmm. Like what? What is your what problem? Where do you want it? Yeah, like where should we go? <laughs> so I think that was really interesting. I think you know, for one, bike trails are great. Yeah. Uh, but the the counter to that is is that the the general populace is not used to cyclists on the roadways and they just don't know how to react and like don't understand why you're not on a trail. It's like, well, because like, I'm because I need to use this road. Yeah. So I think that was like that was Minnesota. Yeah, and then, and then Michigan. Michigan, I you know. I didn't do a whole lot of cycling in Michigan. It's not. I'm it's from not the Detroit area. Friendly. Yeah, it's not super cycling friendly. Um, I did bike. I did uh, do a little bit of biking when I went to college in Ann Arbor, and so one of the routes that we took was you know a route that I had biked before. But when we got to Detroit, we wanted to do the same thing that we did in Minneapolis. We wanted to find somebody to bike us around the city, and I. I didn't have anyone in my immediate network, so I just started, like, emailing crazy, and I found this bike group, and I emailed them, and they sent it out to their listserv, and we got a response from this guy. In, like, less than 24 hours Yeah, or less than 24 like, hours. The APB went out. Right. That's impressive. Yeah, and so we got a response from this guy, and he was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm from Dearborn, which is where my parents live, and okay. I'll come and take you through Detroit, and then... Like an hour later, he emails me back and is like, wait, are you, you know, did you go to high school with (laughs) Lisa Rodriguez? And it turns out he was, he's the brother-in-law of my best friend in high school. Oh, that's fabulous. So, yes, that was really fun. And um, so Rich and Mike took us all around Detroit, which was an amazing bike city. Yeah, which was a really... Mostly because it's totally deserted. I mean... <laughs> Lots of like, good bike infrastructure because there's I mean, no cars because right. no one goes yeah, there. Right. It's like these you six know, lane roads with no cars on them. It's pretty I was amazing. up until we got to Detroit and we're like biking through the sound. I actually was like days beforehand. I was like worried. I was concerned. I was like talking to Caroline. I'm like I'm really worried. Like how we're going to get through Detroit. Like this is going to be nuts. Like yeah. it's going to be scary and there's going to be cars everywhere. And like, is there any way we can avoid this? Yeah, and it was, I mean, because Michigan I mean, drivers are. I were the worst drivers in, in our whole trip. 
and you know, and there's gigantic potholes. Yeah, the roads in Michigan were the. It was pretty. Michigan was pretty rough, but um, but yeah, then we got to Detroit and it was like it was amazing. It was so good compared to rural Michigan. It was great. Yeah, 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 it was like the the trails we were on were great. Uh, the roads were fantastic. Even if there were cars, it was you'd have like a seven lane road, and there'd be like twelve cars. Yeah. So there's plenty fine. of room. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like we just take like one. We yeah. take like the right lane. Like <laughs> yeah, the entire I still got right plenty lane. of room here. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, eh, bikers, whatever. Yeah. Like I still have like seven lanes. Like oh, jeez. Yeah, and the the other nice thing is that. Um, Rich and Mike have a lot of hometown pride, and so yeah. they were really, um, they were really intentional about what they showed us because they wanted to show off the good things that are happening in Detroit. Sure. So normally, you know, we go to Detroit, and it's like the tour of urban blight, and it's like, right. oh, look at, you know, this look, at the, look at that train that doesn't run in. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, so they tried really hard to show us all the the cool stuff that was happening and you know the new new bike paths and new yeah, pedestrian the, the bridges and, cut is yeah like a, that's really nice a train rail that's been converted into a bike path very similar to what you've seen in the the greenway in minneapolis st paul sure uh so they're doing the same thing they're trying to develop it further um they've been putting in a lot of bit bike infrastructure i mean yeah with so much road it's like well all you have to do is throw down a share on this road and suddenly it's a bikeway. Right. So they're actually doing a lot in, in the ways of that for not a lot of like, not a lot of pain. Like yeah. nobody in the community is really complaining about it because there's space available. So. Well, and the, and the other thing that they told us was that, you know, the city's bankrupt. So all of this is happening through small like businesses and, and volunteers and advocacy and nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. 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 So if you're interested in like a simpler lifestyle, uh, there are some places where that's very doable. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, uh, just because uh, we, we probably should wrap up soon. We've got our news and mails to do as well. Oh, yeah. Tell us about uh, wrapping up the tour. Where did you end and uh, how did you get home? What did it feel like when you were done? So if we didn't mention it before, this was the, the Portland to Portland ah. bicycle tour. So okay. Portland, Portland, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon to, to Portland, Portland, Maine. Maine. Yeah. Um, for no other sake than that just <laughs> sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like you tell people that and it's very memorable. It'd be like, yeah. You're like, we're on our honeymoon. We're biking Portland to Portland. They're like, got it. It's a good hashtag. Good. Yeah, it was really easy for people to grasp. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was our end destination. And that uh, was a, a great little ending spot. If you've never been to Portland, Maine, it's really, really fun little town. Yeah, really delightful. And then um, we had a friend in Biddeford, Maine, I believe, which was like, I think that was what it was called. It was a little bit south of Portland. So actually getting to Portland was kind of anticlimactic because we got to Biddeford first. <laughs> and the person we were staying with was a chef at the local brew pub oh my. and made us lobster dinner. So that day <laughs> that day that we went there, <laughs> that day was the day that we touched the ocean. Yes, and we touched the ocean. So, so it was, it, it was like, very much like the end had already occurred. It was right. just like we needed to get to Portland, Maine because it was our end destination. Just to say so. Right. Just to say yeah. so. Yeah. So, and it, I mean, it's a cool town, but yeah, getting getting to the ocean and eating mm-hmm. lobster was right. You can't complain. I highly about recommend that. Yeah. that to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of any long right. bicycle tour, you should just have like I had two lobsters to myself. Yeah, we each oh, yeah. had two. Holy shit! It was yeah. really really yes. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And since he was a chef and he knew like the local fishmongers, he had it was like 
a penny a lobster. That is beautiful. <laughs> and that's where you should be eating lobster because, like, they're from there. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It was like the yes. freshest little sea bugs you've ever seen. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. beautiful. So that, that was, like, our kind of, like, mental end. Yeah. But we still had to get to Portland. <laughs> We're just like, uh. <laughs> so We're going to push on just a little bit yeah. farther. And then it's, was, there, uh, was there, like, that discussion of, like, should we do it? I mean, is <laughs> Is I it think some, we had a train is it really worthwhile? If you know, didn't that have a train, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, the conversation of like, do we need to go any further? I think happened after Detroit. Oh, really? Because yeah. pretty much at that point, we had already established that yes, we could make it. Right. Physically, we can make it. And it's just after that point, it was just the mental game. Of like, like the statistics day, will prove us out. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, you have to get up and you have to bike, and you're kind of like the you know you've already done it in your head right you've already finished it yeah mm-hmm. but you have to physically finish it <laughs> it's a, it's a, if you've never been to that point it's a strange distinction it's yeah. just kind of you have yeah. to push on just to like do it right on paper you know and but, it, yeah and it was just like a math game at that point it's like yeah. okay 60 miles a day you know and, and up until that point it was straightest, flattest route yeah. <laughs> yeah up until that point it was like we've done 200 miles we've done 300 miles we've done 400 miles and at that point it was you know we have 200 miles left we have 100 miles left you know it was like a subtraction mm-hmm. and i think that was like a weird like hump like, as after you pass this that, far it's like we have this far to go yeah, yeah. it was it was like that was one of the very unexpected things of like mm-hmm. long touring that i did not expect was the sort of like the mental drain on it right it's like we still have to finish this like do we like <laughs> Right. <laughs> but but tell me it wasn't too. like some kind of like a dinner mint or something like like when you finally got there and you did it you're like well now we know i mean <laughs> that was, that was that was a real pregnant silence <laughs> was, yeah i was, was still trying to figure out the dinner mint moment <laughs> oh, like, sorry uh, about that. yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean yeah. It, it was really awesome to make it but you know it it was definitely a mind shift for the last little bit okay and we had we already started had, planning for what we were going to do when we got back home right like you're not planning for the the next day or the next couple miles you're planning for like all right when we're back in portland this is what we need to do and we still had really amazing experiences yeah. that last part i mean we biked through vermont in oh, God, fall gorgeous. yeah it was phenomenal mm-hmm. watch um, the leaves change yeah yeah it was it was amazing so that's really cool so so we had a great experience but just m- mentally it was different yeah, um, totally. but then we took the amtrak back okay which was a lot of fun because we followed um like i said we followed the empire builder for a lot of the route out so you began to then, see things you had already seen yeah, yeah. we annoyed the shit out of <laughs> the people next to us on the yeah. Wait, so did oh my you, gosh, yeah. here's what we did here. And then like 10 yeah. minutes later, here's what we did. <laughs> yeah, we get and, it. You bike. Okay. And yeah, it's yeah. in like super speed, right? Because right. it's like this took it. We have a month of experience in five mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. Let's tell you about it. So we're talking about like you didn't get the room at or anything. You were just in two seats. and No, oh. we got the room at. Oh, you and did. And we annoyed because the, they have communal <laughs> dinners. Okay. So right? you're just like, let's so, have lunch. And we were here. Yeah. So yeah. It, the lunches, if you've never been on an Amtrak and gotten a sleeper car, it's like community, community dinners and lunches. So you sit with random people every time it's like the montage so it's like Portland. the two of us and then like two random people and yeah. so we would just inevitably like talk those people's ears <laughs> right off. and you guys ever ride a besides bike? We us, ride a bike right over there besides us everyone on the train is like <laughs> retired right yeah. like the and cutest the, old couples and if you haven't done a sleeper car in amtrak it's so much fun because they yeah. they try to t- 
they treat you like you're royalty. Right. And As opposed to coach, which I've done many times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, I mean, I think that like the... We oh, won a bottle of wine. We and did. Like a trivia thing yeah. that happened. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> they do the free wine tasting. Yeah, they have like wine and, cheese, wine and cheese like afternoon. And then they, yeah. and you win. they give out bottles of wine. Yeah. It's, like, it's really hilarious. Like the wine really tasting with the really cheese funny. is like they give you like the tiniest. This is a, this is <laughs> and the real, rest of the bottle they like give away. Right, There's right. a real class distinction between the sleeper car and the coach. That's like, because we're better than you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the guy with the dinners for the people in the sleeper cars walking past my coach seat and not giving a fuck about anybody. <laughs> 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 like, you know... They, Get out of the way. I, I've, I've got dinners to deliver. But uh, that's why I've always wanted to ride in the sleeper car. So. I, I love how they announce what's going on for the people in the sleeper <laughs> for cars. For the benefit of everybody the on the train. <laughs> it's not that much. Attention, like, lesser citizens. We will now be serving <laughs> steak dinner to those who have like, two separate PAs or like two separate channels. <laughs> right, but right. I feel like the administration at, at Amtrak is like, no, nah, the plebs need to know. They need to know what they're missing. They do. But I, I am glad, and let me say that, with no sarcasm in my voice, you guys got the primo experience, and that is awesome. It sounds, it sounds great. Uh, and it's your goddamn honeymoon, you so ever, why not? Yeah, if, if, advice for the listeners out there. If you ever get the chance to have a life event like that and just take the time off to right. bicycle tour together as a couple – do it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to no, be a yeah. wedding. Like, say, say you paid off your mortgage. Let's go on a ham track trip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so this this wasn't mentioned. I know we got to wrap up, but like, oh, sure. were, there, were there times of like, it's your honeymoon, you know, and yet bicycling, bicycle touring can be pretty stressful. Was it? <laughs> was it at this time of like, Learn. oh, fuck. <laughs> like, what did we just do? It's probably one of the most amazing things that you could do shortly after marrying a person is is like really you get to see that side of the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with and fortunately we got along i mean you know it could have gone it could have gone along the other way oh we ran into people who'd be like you're doing it the wrong way you're supposed to bicycle cross country then get married it's like we did it backwards yeah um but but you're still here together yeah and we i think learned those little nuances of Mm -hmm. each other that even to this day, we we talk about like, and we know, and we acknowledge like, um, for me, like when it's raining and I'm on a bike or just in general out in the rain, like I shut down, like I can't function, like I don't function, I don't make decisions, and I if I try, it's a bad idea to follow those. <laughs> so now I know this. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like. I learned that about myself, but mm-hmm. also Caroline learned that about me. Right. And right. it's yeah. and then I don't function very well when I'm hungry. And who does, right? Right. Yeah. But um we got to the point on the bike trip where Paul would be like, Um, do you need a snack? When was the last time? You <laughs> ate? I'd just be like I'd be like, No. Like, <laughs> Wait, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll like, yeah. eat a little bar and be like, okay. I guess yeah. I'm happier. Yeah. Right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah There's but, a lot of yeah. – So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we learned about, yeah. learned about each other, learned about how we travel together and communication. And overall, it went really well. I mean, yeah. I think we had like maybe like one fight. In- That's all? Do you even remember what it was? Oh, the one. Well, the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, she remembers. Oh man. Because <laughs> I, I I'm sorry. I was I hoping you had I'm forgotten. I'm sorry. I asked. <laughs> no, no. It ended in cake, so it was really good. There's nothing wrong if, with that. If you count that, it was barely a fight. 
our argument in Michigan over whether we we're going to stay on Lake Michigan. Oh, or not. right. Yeah. <laughs> that that night ended really well. Yeah. I wanted to press on, and we met some people that were like, "You should stay at our house." And I was and like, I "No, serial killers." And it's like <laughs> who were all happened to well, be they like, were from Michigan, who all were like <laughs> doctors from Chicago right. and like insanely rich, really, and, really rich. And uh, uh, so you were in Kalamazoo. Um, no, no, we were, we were, yeah, <laughs> south of there on the lake. I yeah. don't remember the name of the town, but yeah. So anyway, eventually we, we met them. They were cycling. They invited us and we right went on. to stay there. Basically I won the argument and <laughs> we went to stay there and they made us homemade chocolate cake and took oh. us out to dinner oh, and damn. had this like luxurious like mansion there and that and she was like a chef and Lake Michigan and oh man. Yeah, yeah. Well, losing go. fights, like I'm right. sure you felt really good about losing that fight there. I, like I forgot about this entirely <laughs> because like I completely like, conceded. Everything what? else was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when we got there, I conceded. Like I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this was the right decision because I think they like took us out to dinner at oh, yeah. like an Italian restaurant and like paid our way mm-hmm. for a meal and food and then made us desserts and then like we basically had rain. Like she made like. Fresh blueberry muffins the next morning then, too, yeah. like, oh, from man. scratch. That's like, incredible. Yeah. It yeah. was the right choice. Right. Listen to Caroline. There we go. <laughs> well, are there places online that people can find you? Like, if they want to find out what you're up to these days, do you have uh, web public things? Or or are you just, like... The only know? thing that we keep up on any regular basis is Rando Awesome's uh, website. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, which we should get into. We should discuss a little bit further. So, the whole Random Awesome thing mm. was because... When we got married, we discussed in detail, in, in serious conversation, changing our last name from Zavikovsky to Awesome. Oh, well, that's that's a cool idea. So, and ultimately, we, we just decided not to. <laughs> so, like, there's there's a number of reasons why one doesn't just change their last name <laughs> right, to Awesome. Right. So, when we got the pug, we just decided his last name should be Awesome. Nice. So That's beautiful. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay, so uh, Rando is it randoawesome dot com? Rando Awesome has his Facebook page. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, so we'll link to that. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> he Beautiful. runs his own Facebook page, by the nice. way. Nice. Yeah. He'll get so and many our, likes. Our, <laughs> our cross country <laughs> blog is still up in the world, but yeah. it hasn't been updated yeah. since 2011. Okay. So yeah, we ran a very extensive blog. Because you finished. Yeah. All right. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll nab that address from you and put that on our website as well. Yeah, so people can like, find your It's a great ad- story, adventures. nonetheless. Yeah. And now we'll move on to the interview with Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder later of The Regranary. This one also features our friend Aaron Delaney joining us for the interview. Uh, let's talk about We Were Sons because this is the project we Aaron like Green. We yes. were like sons. Oh, uh, oh, we were like sons. Thank you. I'm sorry. No problem. Let's 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 start that <laughs> and, over again. And let's let's clarify. It's We Were Like Sons. We were like sons. S O N S U N S O N. Like S O N. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, let's back this up just one more time. Okay. So, Aaron Green, let's talk about your new project. We were like sons. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. I just want to make sure people get it right. Uh, so this is uh, this is a book that you've been working on. Yeah. And yeah. how long have you has this project been in the works? Well, I've been writing the prod. Or I've been writing the book for uh, a number of years, probably four years on and off. But it wasn't until about the last year and a half that I got really serious about writing. And uh, I moved up to Portland about nine months ago, and moving up here was in fact to get more serious so i was living in la and working for uh, a company down there and splitting my time kind of 
creatively like writing in the mornings and then going to work and then kind of trying to finish after work but i realized it just wasn't cutting it so uh i decided to move here and it was the greatest decision i've ever made because i have so much more time and uh and I love the environment is really good for writing. It's, yeah. it's just such a wonderful city for that, especially so? for young writers. Well, <laughs> uh, where we sit <laughs> at the IPRC, at the yeah. IPRC yeah. Okay. Have, happens to be where I'm taking a uh, creative writing course. Yeah. You can mention this yeah. place. Okay, that's, cool. That's cool. Totally I didn't cool. know. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, don't, um, we don't have any stalkers yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there, there's always, there's always a reading at a bar, uh, some night, every week or a coffee shop or something like that. There's always an opportunity for, uh, you know, little meetups, uh, to, to write with people. Everybody's seems to be all about it. So, uh, I wasn't able to find that in LA. Mm, okay. it, it was just hard. Right. It was just a really hard city to write in and to, to find a community of writers. I was thinking it was interesting that you refer to Portland as being a more serious place than somewhere else because there's a lot of wacky shit going on. There is <laughs> but yeah. when you say that you came from L.A., then I think that kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah. Because I would say, not that L.A. is a terrible town or anything, but no. there, there's a lot of silliness happening there, too. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely got its focuses. But other than that, it's it's it seems really cut and dry. Yeah. that that's That's been my experience. Now, Delaney lived in L.A. with me, actually, a long time ago. So yes. he's got his thoughts on that, I'm sure. <laughs> so much but. crazy stuff happened there. <laughs> Ridiculous F stories. Right, right. And we're going to, I, I want to pick up uh, you learning to ride, but we'll do that in your segment later on. Uh, but that'll happen in LA, as I recall. Wait, what do you mean? You by- learning to ride bikes or like becoming a bicycle rider? Not, not learning to ride for the first time. You had a story oh. about, uh, we'll, we'll tell it later. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, so uh, Portland, LA, different towns. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And and that's not to I don't want to like sound like I'm knocking LA. I love LA and that's where my family's at. Um it's just that I knew that I needed to get serious about writing the book. And um I used to I lived in Portland for a, for a really short stint before and um really felt like it was a very creative environment that I wanted to go back to and try to finish my book and so yeah, so that's that's why I came up here and I spent the I spent probably the first 6 or 7 months pounding it out basically writing every trying to well not writing every day but trying to write every day and doing uh, your best doing my best yeah and um finally coming to a point where i was ready to say i'm done i'm ready to send this to an editor so i have a friend who is a professional editor um she does freelance work and so i sent it to her and she and i have been kind of corresponding the last three months just back and forth and she tore it apart Uh-oh. in the best way possible i guess that's all, that's why you have an editor exactly exactly <laughs> if i see delaney has the first copy okay so you the have book. the first edition we're on draft five now so that it's it's just almost a different book but it's for the better it's it's really become something i'm i'm truly proud of yeah so well i was i think i was telling you this right before we started rolling tape but the problem the dearth in bicycling uh, books and literature mm-hmm. is uh, there is a dearth of of good writing uh, and we talk about I think we talked about this with Brian Benson and we talked about it with Tom Allen when he was in town and it's just like the the, the difference between telling a story and creating a compelling narrative that mm-hmm. teaches you something not just about like the specific data points of riding a bicycle sure. from one place to another, but like yeah. the human experience and what that does to you, uh, how it shapes you, how it changes you, and why people do it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of travelogue writing out there that doesn't get to that. And so um, 
I'm so glad you're doing this because there needs to be more. There needs to be more people talking about, hey, this this is why this happens, not just like, how crazy is it? We went from coast to coast. So um, that being said, you went from coast to coast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Rode from Huntington Beach, which is about uh, 20 miles south of L.A. Mm-hmm. proper. And, uh, you know, that's in Orange County, which is where I grew up. And we rode from that. We we dipped our back tires in the Pacific Ocean. You, you did it. We did you the tire totally dip. did. Yeah. Right. But I have a funny story about that. Um, you tell. Well, okay. So, well... So after we we dipped our tires and uh, we did we did our kind of commencing ceremonies and we we took off. Well, when we got to New York, it wasn't until day four that we remembered. Oh shit, we forgot to <laughs> dip our front tires in the Atlantic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so we like we and we were leaving the fifth day that we were there. Yeah. So we like got on a subway and went out to Coney Island and stood in the water like ankle deep and. We gotta find some ocean. Uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> exactly, and it's not exactly easy to do in uh, New York City. Right. So this trip, it's California to New York, yes. and this was in 2008. Is that right? 2008. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a little little ways behind us. Yeah. Almost seven years ago. Okay. Um, before it gets too far, we're going to talk about uh, about the project and what's happening with it and everything. But we should mention first and foremost, and uh, one of the things people should know is that this is a Kickstarter project. Yes, yes because it is. this is a project that needs to be published, and yet you yourself don't have the funds, right? The discretionary money to just do this as a passion project. So, right. you're raising money. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm so so you're self publishing. I'm self publishing. You're not going to publishers and right. Yeah, yeah. I decided I decided pretty early on, not because I have some vendetta against big big publishing, the big five or whatever it is, but because um I this has always been sort of a personal milestone to finish mm-hmm. my first book and and I loved writing this story and so um it seemed more intimate to to do a shorter run. And you know, maybe in the future I will send the manuscript off and, and that's that's down the road and I don't really know what will happen. The second then. edition. Yeah, but but for now, um, I'm basically acting as my own publisher, and I'm learning a lot about that. And it, it, it takes uh, hiring an editing staff, as I've kind of mentioned, proofreaders, designers, um, video people. Like I had a friend help me with my video who does uh, videography, and uh, Delaney here is helping me with the website because he's a really uh, tech savvy guy. A web maven. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of uh, there's just a lot of small things that you don't think about. Uh, marketing and PR. That's that's been one of the huge things that I'm mostly doing. Yeah, and that's on you because that's usually like if you have a publisher, they have they have some sort they of publicity have a whole staff wing. and they have yeah. connections and things like that, which is what I don't have. Uh, um, yeah. So um, yeah, so it, it's it's being self published. Um, I decided to to run a Kickstarter. Uh, because um, I always thought that Kickstarter was sort of like the the Google of fundraising, if you right. will. So it's like yeah. you, you just sort of know the name. Or the Kleenex of facial the, tissues. That's right. Or it's, like it's, the, it's the name recognition. <laughs> the name recognition, yeah. Or the when, Band-Aids of band Band-Aids. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. See, our point. Proven. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Band-Aids is a... Is a oh, it's my brand name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I figured, I figured more people would know about it that way. Um, plus, one of the things that I love about Kickstarter is that it, it sort of requires the, the, uh, the community to come together to make something happen, which right. is different than other, you know, crowdfunding sources that, um, you know, you, you, you might try to shoot for something, but, you, and, but if you don't make it, it's not that big of a deal because you still get some of it. 
Whereas in Kickstarter, like the risk is really a lot higher. So people, I think people, and rightly so, feel a lot more a part of something when they get to help fund a project. I know that that's how I felt when I've funded stuff on Kickstarter before too. Totally, yeah. You so, feel like, like, hey, I wanted this, and I helped bring it into reality. Yeah. As opposed to Maroon 5 when they hit the uh, the pop music market. I, I, I they wanted on the radio. this and should not have brought it into reality. Well, and I, just, <laughs> I tried to find out, like, wait, so Maroon 5 must have come from somewhere, right? And there was, like, nothing yeah. online. It was like they just emerged into the world as a perfectly formed band <laughs> with a, you know, a hit record or whatever. Yeah. It disillusioned me. But yeah. Were they all Mouseketeers? <laughs> uh, no, no. They were, like, an alt band before with a different sound, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So look it up. Check it out. I'm not going to put the link up for that one. That's on you if you want to find out. We got some integrity here. Yes. Use the search engine of your preferred method. That's right. Uh, but, uh, Ding that. So you're, that's right. No, S. Jeeves, man. S. Jeeves. Lycos. Oh, man. Uh, I was... Uh, I was curious about uh, you've got some uh, some rewards listed on your Kickstarter page. Yes, one the, the one I signed up for, and the one. Hang on, let me do this. The one you should sign up for, listeners. At the very least, is the twenty five dollar level, which gets you your own print paper copy, paperback book. We were like sons, so go out and do that. Fund it today. But um, there are many levels of rewards offered on Kickstarter, and one of the things that uh, stood out to me was that uh, you can you can actually buy. A tour with yeah. Aaron Green, a yeah, bicycle tour. Yeah. For real? Yes. Yeah, so um, a long time ago, right after uh, my friend Les, Les was the guy who went with me on my on my bike tour. Uh, he's one of my best friends. And uh, right after that summer, the, the summer after that, we decided to create something that's sort of, that still sort of exists, kind of. Delaney's laughing because he knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. It's called Tour Life. And it had this idea of like, like we had come up with this philosophy that we called tour life. So after we got back from our tour across the country, we, we, we had so many friends who wanted to do it too. So we started calling it tour life and, uh, we would take friends and mostly we only did it two or three times. Um, cause we would just sort of do it every summer. Uh, we first, we did a trip from San Francisco down to LA. Um, and these are with people who don't necessarily cycle. Okay. These are like people who are new to it and just, just wanted to, to jump in. And then we did one from, uh, right around Medford, down to San Francisco, taking the coast both times. So Southern Oregon down to yeah. down to the Bay Area. Right, right. And so um, I've enjoyed that, and I and I love it. And you know, I've done obviously like little camping trips, weekend trips, or week long trips uh, since then. But um, one of the things that Delaney and I were talking about back when I was talking about starting the Kickstarter and coming up with like tiers and stuff like that was um, offering tours basically sure and so like i was just sort of dreaming like throwing it out there like of course it started with like we could do a weekend trip or we could do a week-long trip but then i was like well hell let, let's do a whole summer right like, why, why not? not if somebody did it like let i'm i'm totally game so um on the kickstarter there there are f- actually four different tours uh there's uh the day-long tour where we just sort of tour portland and it, the idea is that it's a big group mm-hmm. Uh, we'll kind of all just ride from place to place. Because there's going to be like 50 people that choose this one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a day-long thing. Um, there's a weekend-long thing. Um, there's a week-long. And then there's the six-week. There we go. That's the the big daddy. And so 
your tour that the book is based on in mm-hmm. 2008, was that a six-week tour or longer? It was about six. It actually took us 40 days. Okay. So, and that was, that was uh, we, were, we were booking it because we had sort of a time deadline. Uh, my friend had a, a job he had to start at the end of the summer. So, yeah, we, um, we didn't waste a lot of time, which is my one – I'm not going to say I regret it, but it's my one the one thing I would change if I could go back and do it again. Add a little more uh, uh, fluff time, just yeah. time, to, time to hang T- out time and relax to hang out and in see the places. City. Yeah, because we were – I mean the first half of the trip, so from L.A. basically to Colorado, um, we were we were trying to hit 100 miles every day. Okay. And we were pretty new to cycling too, so this was just absolutely destroying us. <laughs> I, we, we joke that the first week of the tour was what got us in shape. Because I remember taking, we did seven or eight days straight, and then we took a day off, and uh, like my body was so tired. Like I remember eating every hour, just like hundreds of calories. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the bicycling that'll kill you; it's the day off after. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, it's strange, and I don't know. Maybe people can relate with that, but um, I found it one of the strangest things. Like I, I felt more hungry on the days that I wasn't riding. Yeah. Than on the days that I was. Because you don't have you don't have that physical activity to like distract you. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're kind of always eating a granola bar or something like That's that as you're riding yeah. too. So that that could be that part of that, but. Yeah, but then after that, we decided that we didn't really enjoy um, the fact that we were having to push ourselves so hard. Like okay. We did have the time constraint, but we also knew that it, we weren't enjoying it. We, we we started saying things like, all we do is eat, sleep, and ride. And that wasn't that fun. And not like a point of pride, but just kind of like, uh, we kind of wish there was more. We wish there was more. Okay, that we, yeah. wish, we wish it didn't have to just come down to eating, sleeping, and riding. Okay. Because even the riding was more of a chore. So. We wound up taking a bus, which is sort of you know, that's that that sort of that comes up in the bu- the book, and it actually worked out because uh, Les was uh, was sick. Okay. So we wound up just getting on a bus, I think from Wichita to St. Louis or something like that. Caught ourselves up, and then we only had to average like eighty miles. or something There you like go. That. So then, like, if you wanted to, that if you wanted like, to have reasonable riding days, kind of the, some of that distance was taken off of the. Definitely. Yeah. We had it was less stress to get somewhere by a certain time. We could sleep in a little bit if we wanted to, or we could enjoy like something at the end of the day's ride, and it just made all the difference. I have totally some respite. Yeah. Yeah, I totally recommend like doing a century here and there is fun on a tour, but I I wouldn't do that again every day. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that the uh, the Kickstarter reward for the six week tour could possibly recreate the tour that you described. That's like right. if somebody really wants to do this, they they could join you and Absolutely. You, you would guide them through this experience. I am all in, including the bus to uh, where to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. including the bus ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wichita to St. Louis. We could right? even write yeah. another book based on it. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we were also like we, were, sons. <laughs> we too were like sons. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, that's uh, that's a there's a Kickstarter. We're gonna have a link to that on our website. You can also go to wewerelikesons.com. If you go to wewerelikesons.com, it will right now it'll redirect to the Kickstarter page. Okay. So yeah. actually, yeah, if you want to just type in wewerelikesons.com, okay. that's S O N S again. Right. Uh, that'll take you straight to the Kickstarter. We were not like flaming balls of gas. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also just thought that uh, you never hear a uh, like a public radio host or a you know. Uh, you never hear them end with an up inflection when they're saying like dot com. Oh yeah. So that's what sets us apart. Because <laughs> we ask questions. That's yeah. right. 
Hard-hitting we're, we're, journalism. We, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, so I, I don't want to spoil the book, and neither do you, but uh, what can you tell us about the story that you're writing, and uh, what what can people expect? Yeah, so here's here's something that, that I think makes the book a little different than maybe the traditional tour story. Um, I decided to write essentially two different stories that run uh, at the same time. So um, you've got the linear trip from L.A. to New York City, and that's sort of going all the while. Um, you, and you kind of hop in and out of that story. So it start, the book starts out on the first day where we're doing the tire dip and we're doing the send-off ceremony and that sort of thing. Um, from there, though, there's the second story that has more of a, a true like arc to it. Um, in the sense of it's sort of like building tension and problems and getting through things. And I will say this too, um, uh, that story uh, largely has to do with uh, why we took the trip in the first place. So you have the second story that's going on and you're, you're kind of learning both at the same time. And it's not till you get to New York that you find out, oh, here they go on the tour, basically. So you kind of come full circle. So one of these one of these stories is like a matte painting, then, in a film, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you could say that. Okay. Yeah, just um, kind of there in the background to provide some context. To provide some context, and and the other thing I did is um, I wrote them in different tenses. So the first the first one is in a third person uh, perspective point of view, and where and the first one um, is uh, written from my perspective. Yeah. Um, so I talk about, I mean, which sounds weird. Like, so it's, it's, and it was weird. It was weird to write Aaron and Les did this. That's not how I wrote it, but you know, like it was weird to write that way. But interestingly, I was able to sort of distance myself and make that more of like a tour story between two friends. Yeah. You got like the God view of the story. Yeah. Yeah. The omniscient, like the omniscient narrator, narrator okay. is what they call it. And, um, well, that's gotta feel good. Yeah, <laughs> in some ways that's good for the I ego, kick, right? I kick him off a bike, yeah. <laughs> a smite button. Yeah, but and yes. So, and then the second story again is is uh, sort of the backstory leading up to the trip, and that's that's written from my point of view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm assuming, obviously, generally when people write, they don't uh, they don't go from cover to cover, like beginning to end. But did you write all of the uh, third person at once, all the first person at once? Did you bounce back and forth between I wrote, the two? I wrote the third person uh, first. Okay. Uh, in fact, the the earlier chapters, I, maybe I shouldn't say this. But, well, I'm going to say it. The, the earlier chapters uh, I wrote several years ago. And the earlier chapters are free, if I'm not mistaken. They are. They yeah. are. They're free on they're free on AaronGreenStories.com. We should put those up on WeWereLikeSons.com. I'll fix that tonight. <laughs> Delaney's my webmaster. Webmaster on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's 1999 and I'm a webmaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were a sysop. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on the on the fiction bike riding ring. The web ring. <laughs> the web ring. Gosh. <laughs> the, the alt list. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Catch me on yes. IRC. Angel Fire pages. <laughs> Am I right? Okay. But I, and then the, the second part of the, the story, um, that that all, like I was saying earlier, uh, was written within, I would say, the last six to nine months. And that a lot of that has to do with uh, going through the class I'm taking here at the IPRC and having a cohort and everybody to kind of help me work through some of those pieces of the story and and that sort of thing so uh that's a product of that actually yeah i would imagine it helps to have people around you definitely definitely kind of, yeah you critique and edit your work right yeah i mean this is a very personal story was that process ever like 
uncomfortable? You know, it... it... Who's the worst teacher? <laughs> <laughs> Spill the dirt. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't uncomfortable because uh, pretty early on we we sort of I think we established a pretty close knit uh, uh, sort of vibe within the group. Okay, and so it people, turned into a safe space. People felt comfortable. Yeah, in fact, the 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 mode by which we did those workshopping sessions were such that we looked at things a little bit more objectively and we never talked about somebody's name or whatever. You know, I wish John would have done this type thing. It was more like the author could have done this and the author kind of sits and writes and takes notes. It's really kind of a neat process. But um, definitely to the the vulnerability aspect of the story, uh, I would say like two years ago, it would have been really hard for me to share some of the things that are going to be in this book. Yeah. Um, but um, you're digging deep on content, as I understand. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some things that that lead up to the bike tour that um, that are pretty personal things. But at the end, um, I feel like they're honest. And mm-hmm. I think honesty is the best story that I can write. And uh, we got the uh, the finger pistol from Delaney over there. Delaney, you know, Delaney actually told me this was this was like last May. We were sitting at a bar and. Uh, I was debating whether or not to even put the second story into the book. And this was sort of a pivotal moment. And I was like, man, well, I was feeling insecure about some of the things I was going to put in it because it is a, it's a, it's just a vulnerable thing. And Delaney, I think, I think this is what you said almost verbatim. I think you said, well, okay, maybe I'm not going to say it verbatim. You said something like, <laughs> something like, now I really want to Now hear I can't it. remember. How now many swears were peppered into this? I said, I said something along the lines of, yeah, what did you say? You know what? You you can give the details of of how the tour went, but nobody gives a fuck about that shit. <laughs> okay, well, that's not what, that's it. not what you said. You said you said a good <laughs> you said a good story uh, is just a, is just a good story basically. But you were you were drawing a huge difference between a good story and a great story, and a lot of that is is the honesty which uh, I'm going for. Um, I think that that creates a very relational side of of this book that people are able to uh relate with yeah well again yeah totally that's the um if you're reading about how someone did a tour and that like the technical details and everything it's that's what you're saying delaney is that it's like nobody really cares about like how many how many minutes it took to start the campfire Mm -hmm. or yeah Yeah, actually i do care about that (laughs) okay i care about that because i'm very tech very very technical right what what he was trying to do was something else okay so the the number of minutes for the campfire is less uh universally compelling yeah (laughs) or something universally compelling you disagree (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) no it's just i like the idea that this uh the reason that everybody goes out is to learn about themselves and if if you don't have that then you're just reading about someone doing the tour de france right you know and uh you know uh Good luck if, if you're doing the Tour de France. It's it's great. It's not for me. Yeah. Not my thing. But uh, but the thing that, that is compelling to me about bicycle touring is that it puts you out in a position that is uncomfortable at times um, and that you learn through the experience, whatever that lesson is, even if it's just like, I don't like climbing hills. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I shouldn't have worn a cotton T-shirt or like you know, any other number of things that you could learn on a bicycle tour yeah. uh, that tie into things about your lifestyle, about who you are as a person, and you come out knowing more about yourself on the other side so i like that idea um yeah. and yeah so that that's a good reason to write a story yeah 
I, would, I totally agree. And that's what makes it compelling, too, when you, when you retell the story, is you talk about these really human things that you experienced. Like, you can talk about how long it took you to start a fire, but I think that there are other things that, you know, like you're, like you're saying, that, that make a story more compelling or more relatable, rather. Um, so, like... Well, like, rather than talking about how long it took you to start a fire talking about because i've done this oh true <laughs> so, i didn't think about that the the sort of ego blow you take when you can't start a fire and yes exactly and everybody's watching you and Great waiting example. to to cook their food and all of that sort of internal psychological pressure you put on yourself definitely i remember that time yeah and i wasn't thinking about that when i used the fire <laughs> analogy but that's a good tie-in yeah um i'm also curious as far as as far as uh writing this book um we just talked about how like the details aren't important, but I am curious about some of the details. Um, sure. Uh, as far as uh, things that you did, what what uh, what were the things that you most appreciated about what you brought? What could you have left behind on the tour? Yeah. Oh, good question. Um, so this is actually okay. Two of the things that I've learned, especially on that tour, uh, that were of just critical importance were a tarp and bungee cables. Ah. Uh, man, like. Because we learned that you could make a bike tent with a tarp, like during the the sun when you're in the desert, so you can create like sort of like temporary oh, yeah. shade. Obviously, you can use it like a footprint under your tent and things like that. But um, on the rare, you know, time that it rains, you can wrap your stuff. All kinds of things. The yeah. tarp just, and then the bungee cables. We can't tell you how many times we would like go to a grocery store and like, oh crap, our bikes are already loaded super high. Um, oh right! There's like nowhere to put your stuff, so you kind of like have to rig this like monstrosity and hope you don't tip over and drop all your food and stuff like that. So, but um, on the tour, it's sort of funny. Uh, I received a coffee press, like Ooh. a little travel size coffee press. While, while, press while on the tour. No, no, no! Right before I left. Oh. Right before I left, and um, I had it in my mind before we left that this was going to be this great, great American tale of you know, just experiencing lots of things and drinking coffee and reading your books and journaling. And so I had like probably had like five novels, a coffee press and like two pounds of coffee oh, nice. on me. And not and, and on top of that I had a bunch of like clothes that I found I never used. Like so, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna luxuriate in a flannel shirt. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, make coffee and read like half of Steinbeck, <laughs> and then keep on writing. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I remember losing a couple books on a bus at one point, and it was like all I was all the better for it. <laughs> but I, I got to Flagstaff, and I looked at all of my luggage, and I realized, a, I wasn't. I was only wearing like one other shirt because I was wearing like bike shirts, okay. and then I had like a t-shirt. So I right. decided that I would just keep one t-shirt. And then when I wasn't needing to wear it, I would just wash it and let it dry as we rode. It would kind of like flap in the wind. It's the best kind of dryer. It right? Is. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I sent back clothes, a coffee press, coffee, because I figured we could just pick up coffee. I don't know what else. Yeah. No, it's cool. <laughs> I'm curious. What clothes did you bring that you didn't wear? Like what did you uh, what did you anticipate wearing that you, you know, didn't? You know, like a pair of jeans I sent back. Okay. And I put all this stuff in a box and just yeah. mailed it home. So like going out of the town type stuff? Yeah, exactly. And I think I had an extra pair of shoes, extra pair of shoes, jeans, a couple t-shirts, maybe a jacket too. Okay. Um, these are all things that you no longer need when you basically live as a cyclist for 40 days. Right. You know, and, and you get into a rhythm and you just find like, you just sort of change into your other shirt and that's all you do. 
And that's the wardrobe change. Right yeah, I mean, there. unless unless your tour is one where you do have several days in between, but that's not what we had. Right, so right. I and I really I I think uh, from there I, I learned to be a lot more minimalistic uh, in the way I like pack on tours now. It's almost one of those things where you can. The way I think about it now is that you can just sort of pick up things as you go. And like if you need it, there's a store somewhere that sells there's it. There's going to be something, yeah. Unless yeah. you're like somewhere really remote, which is not always the case with like road tour cycling. Well, there are so few places that you are where you really need something you can't get it. I mean like – Yeah. Or like a substitute or a pinch uh, pinch hitter for something. You know, it's like – Exactly. I don't know. You, you can make one thing do the job of another thing or you can do without it for another a day or two because you don't need it that badly. Yeah. So. Yeah. You really become, you really get into like the, the temporary lifestyle mindset as you're touring, I think. Yeah. Like temporary in the sense of like, well, I just got to make this work until we get to the next place. Like it might suck now, but it's not going to suck forever. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Go bicycle touring, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does attract a certain kind of, uh, I don't know, like, like not everybody knows what they're getting into when they set out on a tour, but, but there is, it's, it's almost like a strange masochism of like, you know, this, this is going to hurt a little bit, but it's going to be good for you. Definitely. It's like a character building experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wanted to touch on, uh, the title of the book itself. We yeah. were like sons. Um, and I believe is that I didn't get there cause I only read the first two chapters, uh, of the five free chapters available. Uh, do you, uh, you've disclosed the quote online, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the reason the book is called that it, it is called, we were like sons. Um, because as Les and I traveled across the country, um, we met all kinds of people who who took us in and treated us like their own and i would say probably half the time we had couch surfers or uh, warm showers hosts ready to set us up uh but when we didn't like if we were going to some remote town which was half the time at least um we just had to roll up and start knocking on doors and see what happened um and usually it was we just wanted to camp in their yard right you know um and I kid you not, like nine times out of 10, like I think there was only one or two times that somebody said no, but like 25 times <laughs> we, we stayed with somebody who, uh, was like, yeah, not only, uh, not only do I have a place for you to, to, for you guys to set up, but, uh, dinner's at six. So we'll see you then. Right. There was this guy in Illinois, wow. just like quick story. This guy in Illinois, we like I was feeling defeated because I it was my turn to knock on doors and I was feeling super self conscious. You guys about trade it. off on the response. We were trading off, okay. yeah, and that was something that Les instituted because he's a lot more outgoing than me. He's like, Aaron, you need to do this. Like, oh. <laughs> so uh, you'll thank me later for this. Yeah, so like I I like went up to we were rural Illinois. Like there's you know if people are home they're I don't know what they're, they're out in the field like they're farming this is like farm uh farmland and so a lot of people didn't answer their doors and i was feeling pretty defeated and we roll up to this this other house i think it was like um every house was like a mile apart basically we roll up to this this fourth house and this guy kind of walks out and he doesn't even like here's two guys on bikes who are just sweaty and grimy and just all kinds of stuff hanging off their bikes at this point and uh he sort of like looks at us and then just kind of keeps going about his business like he's seen that like all the time <laughs> i know you're kind <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so I, I i call out to him and i'm like giving this really terrible version of the story like hey we're from california we're touring new york uh we're looking for a place to stay and uh he goes well you know kind of like i was saying earlier he's like well you know uh you're in luck 
because I have the best place for touring cyclists. Ooh. Follow me. So he gets on his four-wheeler, and he just starts like – he just pulls the throttle back and starts going. And Les and I were just like, okay, we're All riding right, we're through his backyard, this. through his grass. <laughs> like we go out into the pasture, and we're, we're riding over these like – corn uh fields where he's kind of like plowed a road through them yeah like rolling hills yeah rolling hills right so we're we're uh we're going up and over and then we see him kind of in the distance like turned and like looking for us <laughs> where the fuck are they exactly so we, we roll up and and i see he's like he's set before what appears and they're not redwoods but it, it appears to be like a small forest oh and he's like here you go. And I look out and there's a lake with like a dock and boat, like little uh, paddle boats. And he's like, you can stay here as long as you want. And, uh, you know, you can go and you can go swimming. You can kind of camp wherever you want inside the forest. Um, and if, he was another one of the people who said, and dinner's at six. There you go. We'll see you then. So, uh, we were like sons, the title, getting back to that really quick. Yeah. Uh, we're leaving a host house in Colorado Springs, and Les looks over at me. We're riding down this this hot kind of desert road, and he looks over and he says, "Aaron, we were like sons to those people," and that just like it like clicked. And I that's never been something I've been able to let go. I even thought about like titling it something different, but I couldn't. That title just didn't leave ever. It yeah. felt it felt like ordained in a way or something like that. You know, it was like. And it just made sense, and yeah. that was our experience. Like this means something. We were the sons of of all kinds of strangers across the country, and we were never met with hostility. Never met with like, you know, just people who were like, "What, what do you mean?" Like, it wasn't until like we got to like the coast again. Yeah, you kind of see that, which I think is kind of makes sense sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> coast, you know, closer to the coast you get, sometimes people are different yeah well the bigger the cities are i think the more people are kind of turned inwards and not necessarily prepared to give hospitality and not sometimes for good reason like some people have been burned some people were good people and then they stopped being good people because they got hurt or something yeah uh but i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think there's something about uh there's something about learning to ask for hospitality definitely and learning to like express your need I, i think you don't really know how to be truly generous until you've had to ask for it. Yes. And uh, that that's a learning experience. If I've learned anything from, from going out and traveling by bike, it's that, that that's a very useful thing because you realize what it feels like to be in the position of asking or the position of needing right? Uh, and how desperate you can feel or how depressed or dejected you can feel if you haven't had any luck getting what you need yet. Yeah. And uh, I think if, uh, if you're a good person, you're going to become a more compassionate person once you've had the experience of asking. So, I would agree. Yeah, I think those one begets the other. Yeah. Definitely. And then of course you're in the uh, you're you're in line to pay it forward. So next time next time you see somebody that needs something, you can uh, you can help them out with uh, kind of an inkling of what they're going through. Yeah, definitely. And you can sign up very easily on warm showers or That is surfing. true. Uh Go out and do that today. <laughs> if you've never hosted somebody, you don't have to do it a hundred times. Do it once. It's going to be great. Warmshowers.org, couchsurfing.org. Both of these are fantastic ways to find people who need a place to stay. So, uh, well, thank you so much for telling us about this. Anything else we didn't touch on that you want to cover? 
I think that's everything. Okay. I, I think I think yeah, the the Kickstarter runs until the end of March. There we go. So, so March thirty first. Yeah, yeah. Get your bids in by then. Yeah. March thirtieth actually. March thirtieth. Thirtieth, everything ends. Um March thirty first you breathe a big sigh of relief. Yeah. Publish your book. I will be breathing a big well, unless it doesn't fund, then I will oh, okay. be locking myself in my room for a little while. Okay. Give us <laughs> give us your number. Yeah. No, um there and there's there's plenty there's plenty of really cool things, include including the bike tours. I mean we're doing we're doing uh, hard covers. We're doing paperbacks. We're doing all kinds of little things like posters and stickers. And I think we'll do bike uh, spoke cards too. Oh, nice! So. We like spoke cards. Yeah, I love spoke cards. Matter of fact, uh, if we get our hands on some of those, we might send some out to some listeners. If cool, they yeah. yeah. So absolutely, we'll find a way to contest for those. I love the sound spoke cards make. Like, yeah, you get up to a certain speed, or you get a crosswind. Kind of a and, mm, yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and it's better than like, the cars in the spokes. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I don't. Per, I don't prefer that. Uh, so it was wewerelikesons.com. dot com. Okay. And now finally for some good old skullduggery with Sean from the Beermongers and his brother Terry and Sam. And boy, what a crazy adventure they had! So tell us about Mount Rainier because did both of you guys participate in this together? Yeah, it was us. Okay, so what happened? Dude, it's your idea. Oh. Well, like a few years ago, <laughs> Terry's, I saw him at a cycle, no, at a dirt bike race. Okay. And I had met him at the gym once. And I've been wanting, gym. yeah, the climbing gym, not like 24 foot. Not like the getting huge gym. No. Yeah, we weren't like doing curls and be like, <laughs> you're a handsome man. <laughs> it was now, at the there's rock, nothing wrong with that. It was at the rock gym. I'm like, okay. he's a handsome man. Yes. <laughs> no, so we're sitting there and he's like, dude, so I'm going to like go climb Rainier. Or no, Jefferson a few years ago. And I'm like fuck i want to climb jefferson and he's like we're gonna bike there i'm like i want to bike there so i kind of <laughs> invite in my mind i invited myself along on okay. this trip because he doesn't he didn't know me does this square with your I story mean, I, I didn't i was looking for other suckers that were stupid enough to oh, okay. bike with all their gear to jefferson <laughs> all right and climb it so um yeah i was inspired by this fellow uh goran krupp who's a swedish guy okay who rode his bike with all his own gear from Sweden to Mount Everest. Yeah. Uh, Climbed you... it basically twice because he got weathered off to like several hundred feet from the summit. And how, then how do you spell that guy's name? Goran, G-O-R-A-N. And his last name is Krupp. K-R-U-P-P? Yep. K-R-O-P-P. And, uh, all right. Yeah. And he, uh, and then, <clears throat> and then he rode his bike back to Sweden after climbing Everest. That's badass. And he, there's video footage of him going down some highway in Pakistan or something or in, in India with this trailer that's as, as long as his room. And yeah. he's taken all he took oh, all his all own of his food climbing gear and and everything. a lot of his own food along oh, the way. Holy like shit. he um th- he has a really good book. Anyways, he was obviously an amazing adventurer, athlete, whatnot. And was on a climbing trip to the northwest back in the early 2000s and took a rock climbing fall out near, like, the Gorge Amphitheater and died. Oh, no. Right. So I learned about this guy from kind of, as I mentioned earlier, climbing and whatnot and thought that we have mountains around here. We could kind of start doing some of this stuff ourselves. It's like Everest. Right. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, so anyway, so, like – as I mentioned, we have this cycling team. A lot of the founding folks were from this kind of mountaineering group of friends. And so we rode to Mount Hood one year, climbed it, rode home. And the whole idea of bike tour mountaineering is like just to do a bike tour yeah. while you're taking the mountaineering stuff with yeah. you or the climbing stuff. And, you know, it's not 
that much more gear than you would camping. You just need to know a little few different skills to get to that higher elevation. So then I met up with Sam. Um, I remember running into him on Mount Tabor one time. I think I was jogging and he was riding his bike and I hadn't seen him in a while. I'm like, hey, I think some of us are going to Jefferson this year. Do you want to go? And he was all for it. So Nice. Um, so, so we did that. So we, we, did, we rode to Mount Jefferson and back. We had a buddy, Kyle Hetty, who came with us. He tried to ride his Brompton out there. Oh, no really? Way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. pretty epic, like, yeah. effort. We got to Ripple Brook Camp, uh, the Ranger Station out there. That's a really nice ride out, out of the Clackamas River. Yeah. Yeah. So good. You could push the miles, like, the river. You just are along the river forever. Anyways, he, he burned himself out by the time we got to the climbing part, unfortunately. But, okay. But made the ride all the way out there and all the way back. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Well, that's so, intense. He, he gave us whiskey when we got down. From, yeah. Uh, we had like a 16-hour day. Good man. Climbing, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he's all yelling and excited for us. And I'm just like, I just want to go home. <laughs> he's like, have some whiskey. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, then. Go home. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes whiskey is home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was nice. Yeah. So, so then, you know, we were looking at Mount Rainier, you know, it's America, so the next big thing or whatever. Right, to, right. I mean, whatever, the next best adventure. So It's the biggest one around, right? It is. The tallest peak in the northwest. Yeah, and the contiguous 48. Second tallest, I think, uh, behind McKin- Mount Whitney. And, oh, yeah. Whitney. Yeah. And, and okay. It's cooler, yeah. though. It's yes. a little cooler. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I grew up in Tacoma, and so I, uh-huh. I lived right underneath it. Totally, yeah, it's man. freaking huge. Like, yeah. We were get ahead of ourselves but we're walking up to it i'm like holy fuck this is like a big mountain I'm seriously mount Tabor, and right I'm, like, I'm out of breath already well it looks like i mean <laughs> having been up there because uh, adele and i my wife uh, we took a bike tour back in 2013 up uh, we rode from uh, ohana pakash up to paradise and then back down towards longmire nice. uh, but yeah just the southern part of mount rainier and when you get up like to the highest point you can drive to the mountain is still fucking huge. It's like you get there, and usually at that point when you've climbed that much, you're like, okay, there's like a little peak over there or something. But it's still, it's like you haven't even, you have not even climbed the mountain yet. So, it's, uh, it's a big, it's a big chunk of granite. Yeah, at, at volcanic rock or a little bit of everything. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, massive so. pyroclastic gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty dope. So we took a set. I think it was just seven days total actually okay. to do the whole thing. So did you guys go up through the forest, or how'd you get there? Yeah, we went up through. What, Wind River. So yeah, we went out on the <clears throat> on eighty four, um, and then up through um, the Gifford Pinchot National Forest. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's one of my favorite spots. Yeah, that hill climb up to uh, what is that Old Man Pass was like yeah. on an afternoon. It was on an afternoon as hot as it is now. It's like ninety five degrees. It was awful man. I thought I was like, oh, we'll be in the shade in the trees. It's totally <laughs> there's no shade or trees. Yeah. Oh no. And that's uh, uh, like, north of Carson, which right. uh, Carson's already kind of up in the hills. But so you kind of think like, oh. I've gotten most of the hill. Like, there will be hills later, but uh, no, like it, yeah. it attacks you. It attacks you so much so that, I, I mean, the helmet came off for me. I was like, I'm going so yeah. slow. Right. And I'm burning through my head that, like, I'm just taking my helmet off because right. I'm sweating so much. And then, yeah, th- so we got up there, and then it was a long downhill to um, the very east end of the Swift River Reservoir mm-hmm. area yeah. near St. Helens where we camped. and. The was goal a was sweet hill. Yeah, ride miles and get to a watering hole where and we could jump in and swim. There you go. Yeah. Week. Um, and Sam goes really fast downhill, like forty plus miles yeah, an hour. I like would a, say fifty. Let's okay. Hey. <laughs> let's be fair. I was going to say the Bob Trailer is at least fifty pounds behind you. And yeah. so he gets. I mean, he gets going, man. It's pretty impressive. He just is gone, and then down at the bottom of all hills. Yeah. Smoking a French cigarette, just being like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, why you like, take hey. so long? Yeah, I, I'm like gripping my disc brakes. They're like totally burned out. But yeah, wow. But then from yeah, we made our way up to Highway 12, 
um, which goes east to west from I five over to like White Pass, Randall and Packwood. That's it. Yep. Yeah, and it was blazing hot down there. Um, had a good experience. Um, I think it was in Packwood where we, the people in the coffee shop told us of this little place you can camp off the road that um, is uh, there's no campground or anything in this killer lake or sorry river there that we uh, oh nice were able to pitch a tent next to yeah yeah, yeah riverbeds nice. are great because like it's like the high water mark is kind of the the area that is usually where you can hang out and not get in trouble yeah exactly so you yeah. find yourself a sandbar pretty much post up yeah. yep under some trees by the way is there any more of that homebrew hanging around there was. Uh, Someone open. I'll just try like one. a like a sip or two. Are you sure you don't want any run? Oh, uh, sure. Oh yeah. All right, there we go. Sorry, uh, continue. So you're on. You no, now, yeah. now you're on your way to uh, uh, Mount Rainier. Yeah. So then we're on our way up to Paradise, where we had. Uh, Thanks, man. It's kind of hard to <clears throat> like when you go to Jefferson or or Mount Adams or St. Helens. You're in the National Forest, so you can camp right by the trailhead where you're going to start the climb. Right. But going to Rainier, you're in a national park, so you can't really just You can't camp bivy. anywhere. Yeah. You can't just bivy anywhere. <laughs> um, so we had to book a night at the Paradise Inn, which oh, okay. sounds real cush, but it's not. that room's hotter than this hot box, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's nice. You're on a bed, but it is so hot in that room. Like, it's like a lot of the national parks. Like, you go there, and it, the kind of the a lot of the facilities are really old, and so they were built kind of before the modern comforts, right. and there's no Wi-Fi, and it's just like, yeah, you know, there's no Wi-Fi. Why am like, I here? Yeah. What are we supposed to do? I was going to say there's no air conditioning. You guys were like a Wi-Fi, dude. Like, we couldn't like, tweet our two followers. Yeah, we were like, exactly. oh, where are they? Our like, moms <laughs> worrying about how well we're doing. Right, right. Yeah. Well, then so, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's just like it's a different experience than like your your average quality in and suites or something. Absolutely. But I'd rather okay. be in, outside just with a sleeping bag on right. the ground. If you know only you were allowed to be. Right, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, we piled on the calories as far as food's concerned there, mm-hmm. which was adequate. And oh, good. Made our way yeah, up, yeah. stashed our bikes. So, Next to the employee housing, which was nice of them to oh, great. keep an eye on it. Because they probably don't have, like, traditional long-term bike parking or anything. Like, there's no... Yeah. Well, that and we had our bags with, like, all of our biking gear. We're like, well, this weighs half a pound, so we're going to leave it. Don't want to climb to the top with this. Right. No, we did carry a uh, sin dog all the way up there to the nice. summit, Ooh. all the way back home. It's in my goddamn freezer. Still? <laughs> yeah, it was like 40 well, That pounds should be like your mascot. This now. bread is bent to the mountain. <laughs> right, yeah. Because exactly. like, we had bread. all this food, and we're like, God, I just don't want to eat it. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like You don't feel like, like a cinnamon roll at that point. No. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like nothing was appealing. Bars were gone. I mean, we weren't even gone that long, and I eat bars all the time, and I just was done with the bars after yeah. two days. It was like... No, we had a big calorie deficit, though, okay. which is fine. Yeah. Right. Sick at Hydration, the altitude, yeah. yeah. We drank a ton of water. That's the way to defeat the altitude. Okay. It actually wasn't too bad. I mean, because we went kind of slow. And we earned it all the way up. Oh, yeah, this right. is a decent little story. So um, on the way up, we were snaking along this really... Like kind of steep drop off on one side on the road, you know, cars are going, and I'm just pedaling along. And as you do, you're looking down at this asphalt, like wondering, you know, what's going on down there. And I'm weaving around all these little potholes, and I'm like, wow, I wonder what the heck all these potholes are from. And I like look up, and we're riding along a cliff, and I realize <laughs> that all those potholes are, are rocks. from rocks that have rolled off the fucking cliff. From projectiles, pound, yeah. pounded into the pavement. Right. And so I've been climbing for many years. Like, helmet back and that's on. that's never an objective hazard you ever <laughs> worry about, like yeah. driving to the mountain. Right. And on a bike tour mountaineering trip, it's like the danger... 
you know, live dangerously. <laughs> Seriously. Starts, starts when you leave your house. I couldn't yeah. believe it. It was pretty wild. <laughs> I have a funny story about that, too. Oh, wait. You have a funny story? Uh, well, about something almost exactly like that. Uh, okay, so get close to a microphone. Uh, so All right, I got so, hit by rocks. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a rock climber as well. <laughs> nice. So uh, I I went bike touring with my rock climbing partner of, of years. I know it sounds like a marriage, but uh, so it's my first bike tour, and of course, in our minds, we're like, okay, we need to watch out for cars, bears, dogs, and single women, and uh, <laughs> but nowhere nowhere in our minds did we have like falling rocks, and we are between. Uh, Hillsboro and Astoria. So we're like near Scapoose. We're like, on, we're going diagonal up. I think it's Highway 20. I, I don't know what the highway was. And the the rock climbing instincts kick in anytime you're near a rock and you're like, oh, I would love to fondle that rock right there. How, how's that rock feeling? So we're, we're going up the highway and my, my buddy's ahead of me, Tim. Shout out to Tim up in Alaska. Uh, he... He's going ahead of me, and I start noticing exactly the same thing: craters in the in the highway. And you're like, "Oh, that that's not good news." It's like seeing rock fall and saying, "I need to watch out above me." Of course, we're wearing helmets, but at the same time, I'm like, "Okay, keep aware, keep aware." And all I hear is my friend Tim yell, "Rock!" <laughs> and I look up, and there is a massive rock sloughing off of the cliff Holy careening it right in between us Whoa. and I hear him shriek and I'm like oh shit and at the same time we hear a car coming up behind us on this <laughs> narrow two lane like hairpin turn and we're like oh shit this is how it ends the rock <laughs> shatters on the ground we swerve around and the car the car slows down oh thank goodness for those careful drivers and uh <laughs> after we yeah after we pass by it uh we just look at each other and we're like, thank God we were rock climbers because that could have really messed up our bikes. <laughs> <laughs> not, we were not thinking about each other's health. We were like, whoa, we could have been shit out of luck for the rest of our tour. Right. <laughs> bikes could have been hosed. Yeah, exactly. You know, how's my bike? Frame. Yeah, and that's my story. That's wild, man. <laughs> Good story, Chris. Yeah, I'm glad you're okay. I never thought and of like, bike. And yeah. my bike. I never thought of that, like, you know, riding in, and I've ridden in, like, Rockfall area. Oh. Never occurred to me that, oh, yeah, I, there's, like, there's nothing between me and this and this rock. Well, there's also. The helmet's not going to help. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, it's like the helmet doesn't protect your spine. So. Right. Well, I mean, if it craters, you know, asphalt. Yeah. I yeah. think, like, you know, your little foam helmet's going to. It's not really going to do much. Right, right. <laughs> It'll help with the victim blaming later, though. Yes. Um, if only that helmet had a reflector on it. Right. That's right, yeah. Um, uh, by the way, Chris, this is a great beer. Thank you so it much. It's an amazing beer. Yeah, this, this is great. Um, so uh, the climb itself, Mount Rainier, uh, what's it like to climb? Um, so we took one of the easier routes just to kind of... There's no easy on Rainier. <laughs> well, I mean, you have like more technical, and this wasn't super technical. But okay. we wanted to like stack the cards in our favor, give our selves you know more time to get up there to acclimatize do an easier route as opposed to you know get up there and do something really hard because we had been biking quite a long ways and apparently there are a lot of hills in between here and there that we didn't really know about <laughs> yeah there were some big fucking hills i'm like this sucks Terry's like this is awesome yeah i do uh, bike hills and both are both are true really right. yeah <laughs> this sucks and it's awesome yeah or this is awesome and it sucks 
Yeah, so we hiked all the way up to Camp Muir, where everyone was like setting up their tents and making water and stuff. Um, and it's like the base camp for uh, Rainier uh, climbers, right? Yeah, for that side of the mountain. Um, and I was being a little wimp because my knee hurt the whole time. Because I got my bike fitted like three days before the oh, trip, which okay. is a mistake. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you were getting used to like a brand new setup. It was setup brand or, new, and yeah. I'm like, well, I'll go to these guys. They're going to set me up. Everything will be cool. Yeah, it it sounds like camp. a good idea. Yeah, but no, it wasn't. But they didn't set you up like perfectly well. No, it okay. was like an inch and a half. Anyway. And yeah. it's a matter of degrees where all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you, you've done this crazy adventure, and now now your knees are blown or whatever. So. Yeah. So I was up there, you know, whining about it, and Terry's like, well, it's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, God, we've gone a long way just to bitch out at Camp Muir. <laughs> yeah. right? So I soaked my knee in the snow, and he made water and we're like well we'll just like take a nap in the tent and then we'll go at like midnight we're sitting there and it's really hot and i'm like dude why don't we just go now it was like six o'clock <laughs> <laughs> and he's like well i guess we could because we wanted to again like get just up start. early yeah because yeah. i mean i wasn't going to be moving super fast I, you know i have my list of excuses but anyway so we ended up leaving at like sunset okay and most people leave at midnight or two gotcha so we're the first ones up and we're going up and it's it was pretty cool and we're going all the way like at twelve thousand feet i was in front because terry's being kind <laughs> <laughs> i mean you can't oh i should back up so there's a crevasse that you have to walk across a ladder Ooh, okay oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, I'm with you. And I'm like, we get up there, and I look at it, and I look down, and, you know, you can't see anything because it's dark. And in my mind, it was like 30 feet across, two miles deep. Wow. And I, like, put my foot on the ladder, and they have, like, this shitty plywood stuff that's really narrow. And I look back at Terry, I'm like, well, I'm sorry, dude. We can't make it. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. We can't do this. He's like, just go on your hands and knees. I'm like, all right, oh, hey, put your go. camera away. Yeah. yeah. So I crawl across. I shut. I have footage. You do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I had to do that both ways. So we go, again, we're back up at like 12,000 feet, and I have my flashlight, my headlight, looking up on, uh, you know, towards the summit, and I see these green eyes running down the hill, like in the, the boot pack, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, hey terry he's like what i'm like i'm gonna give this dude like the right away so i like step out of the path of the you know because you have a boot pack so i step sure. off and i'm like this guy's hauling ass and we're kind of hallucinating from heat from and tired altitude. right and altitude and, and terry's just, just being, like what's I, wrong I was like with what you? there's a guy up here at this hour coming down that doesn't seem right it didn't make any sense so anyway it turned out it was this black fox Ah. It was hauling balls down this hill. In in my mind, it was at least twenty feet long. Yeah, but it seriously it was like had the biggest. It was like the fox squatch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was the fox squatch, dude. It was really scary. And Terry's like, "Well, I'm glad you're not like totally, you know, you don't have pace or anything." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So we just keep going up, and we cross like a bunch of crevasses that you can't see down, which is awesome because it's actually kind of scary. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. we get up to the top. And it's like three miles, I don't know, what is it, a half mile? It's a half mile. Yeah. It feels like four miles across to like the, the true crater. summit. Okay. Crater. Yeah, the there's this big flat, crater. And you come up on one side and the true summit's on the other side. So ah. You kind of have to tunnel across that to get up. Okay. So we get to the bottom and I'm like, God, I am tired. I'm like, this counts, right? He's like, well, let's just chill out for a second. Because <laughs> it looked like it was another mile to the top when really I think it was... A couple hundred feet. Yeah, it was like 100 feet. Okay, right. So but everything's skewed at that point. You're just like... We're yeah. totally zonked by this hour. Pushed yeah. myself so hard, yeah. We've been up for a long time. Yeah. Right. 
So anyway, he's like, well, let's just go. So we go up to the top. It's super windy. You can't tell where anything, but it was awesome. But and you were there. Yeah, yeah. So we made it to the top, just screaming at each other. <laughs> How Wind awesome was. Going, Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> we're in the mountains. Something like that. Yeah. Something yeah. Like okay. It was just like that. Yeah. So we turn around. We just go back down. I mean, it was kind of cool to be the first people on the summit that day. Yeah. Plus, like. That's a distinction. Yeah. And internally, I'm like, I feel that I'm better because I rode my bike here. <laughs> right. so and well, me, you should. Yeah. I mean, so not like bright, but it feels more real or more not important, yeah. but it feels that makes more sense. deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, like like you having, earned it. Having ice cream after watching a movie, you're like, well, yeah, this tastes good. But if you know, you go for a long hike or you go for a long bike Ice ride, cream after walking five cream. miles to the parlor. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you cross the street to get the ice cream, it tastes better than if, right. if someone delivers it. That's correct. There you go. Which is a business <laughs> idea. Right. Mm. Yeah. So we just haul ass on the way down, and um, the light up there was awesome. Yeah. There was super pretty light, and we had some crevasses, and he gave me a little shit for, like, crossing them kind of slowly. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got up there, like, maybe... Right. Right before sunrise. Yeah, so like I don't know what three time. Or four. Yeah, it was like mid July, right before sunrise. It was just like in the eastern sky. It was still pretty dark. It was super still dark. pretty dark up there. Um, and um, yeah, I mean the night. One of the nice things about mountaineering is you you kind of have to do a lot of it at night. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's part of the deal. Yep, but when that sun comes up, you get this new life in you because yeah. you're like been trudging through this just headlamp zone, and then that new light, that sun, that new day is just right. Like, Pretty, it gives you another boost. So it was super awesome. Yeah, it made it all worth it. Totally. Yeah. I, can I can I direct this selfishly for just a moment? Because I'm going to try. Um, actually, on Thursday, I'm going to try an overnight ride uh, from here to Tacoma. So um, I feel like there's probably a similarity between that and climbing a mountain at night. Like, what what uh, do you have any uh, tips? Like psychologically, how do you keep yourself fresh when you're climbing at night? Yeah. Um, well, bring snacks that you like for okay. sure. So I mean, beer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do not. You're gonna, that's, no, that's not a good thing. <laughs> okay. Not during. Right. What, what time are you going over the highway, the, the Rainier Bridge? Uh, I'm not. I'm actually oh, going to go up through Vancouver. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. And I, I figured out. I, you I, found her out. Yeah, uh, so you don't have to go over a fence or what? As far as yeah. I know. <laughs> the fence that they built check, to keep us all out. Check your route. <laughs> so right. If your wife, like, you know, barrels off really fast. Yeah. She's pissed at you for breaking your chain. <laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, I've done the ride itself like five or nine times or something like that over the years. Uh, but it's always been over the course of two or three days or right. something like that. And so this is the first time I've ever tried to go that distance all at one in one go. Uh, my sister's graduating. Um at 10 a.m. the next morning. So I'm going to try and push through. I think if, as long as you're well lit and you're safe, I think you'll have fun with it, especially in temperatures like this. I, I really enjoy hiking at night. Yeah. I right. mean, and if I don't know what the moon, I don't know what the lunar cycle is coming up, but if you get a full moon, you'll super enjoy it. So we've just well had rested. the full moon, right? Is that... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's waning. Waning gibbous. Yeah. So... Why, yeah. Okay. Throw big words out. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's uh, and, okay. Cool. That yeah. helps. Thank you. Yeah, I think you'll be okay. I think you'll treats really that it. you like. Okay, you I do. Up. I do like treats. Yeah, I would. I 
I'd say not to bring a sin dog because you'll just oh. carry it the whole way. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Give him your sin dog. Apparently, it needs to I go carry? on another trip. <laughs> yeah. It's only a year old. It's only a year it's only old. A year. Well, it's been frozen. So I it's think not. we should just see how many miles we can we can log onto this sin dog. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep it in the freezer when I get up there. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> don't let it get below 55 degrees. I just know that I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm a big fan of the sin dog. I feel like I would eat it. I don't think I'm the right person to. You're, you're not responsible for <laughs> Yeah. Brock's checked. Brock's not responsible for sin dogs. Dave's killer bread. Uh, really good. Really, really good. Yeah. It is good. So did you guys ride back to Portland then from the mountain? Or? Yeah. So okay. actually. We, so this, this really, you really did earn it. Yeah, no, we uh, we walked down all the way. Uh, they like closed the direct way back to the bikes, which was kind of lame. Anyway, so we walk all around and no, but we went back to camp. You're back oh. to our tent. Yeah, I forgot. And about just that. packed that up because it was blazing hot, and then just <laughs> headed back down to Paradise. So okay. Paradise is where the cars are parked and where the bikes were. Camp mirrors up a couple thousand feet. Yeah. And so we kind of got down back to the tents and we're like, we're not hanging out here. We're going <laughs> to head down. Let's so get out of here. We're still moving. So we haven't really slept yet since the day previous and a half day. Before, so. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so this is what, 36 hours up then? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long, yeah, it was a long haul. That's pretty impressive. So we crushed a bunch of food, packed all of our crap. Um, so then. While if, we're in paradise. Yeah, well, we're in paradise. I'm talking... Putting our bikes back together and getting all our stuff ready. Because now we're back where the bikes are, and it's only middle of the afternoon. Right. And we're like, well, let's get down to Abbotsford, which is this little, like, yeah. climbing village. Like, you know, like John, Jim Whitaker has his little base camp there. Lots of beer, better food. Oh, beautiful. And, and trees to sleep under. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so we're like, let's get down there. And so we pack, and it's all downhill. So we were like, let's pack up. And then Sam got a call from... Yeah, I got a call from my ex that, like, the dog, you know, our dog that we had had for, you know, seven oh, or eight years... together. ...just died. Oh. Died, like, two days before. That's tough news to get when you're out. Yeah. So they had known. Everyone had known, but they didn't want to say anything until yeah. we got back. Until you were, like, off the peak, at least. Yeah. So I wanted to go see him because, yeah. you know, they can't hold on to the dog forever, apparently. Sure. So it's like, Terry, what do you think about if we just uh, ride home tomorrow? But it's like 180 miles or something the way we came. Oh, okay. So it was 150 the way back. So he's like, nice, nice. fuck it, dude, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> As I fuck it, dude, let's go biking. Yeah. No, so it was very nice. So we just hauled. We made it like 50 miles or something, 40 miles that night. And we get to some town. We're like, Morton. Where was it? Morton. I do Morton. like I like Morton. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We oh, get that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not that we don't like it. No, they had really good Mexican food. Yeah, the okay. Mexican place there is good. <laughs> Shit. So we get there and we're like, well, there's obviously going to be a hotel. Or a campground. Or a campground. They're like, uh, no, the hotel's all full. Oh. And they're like, there's a campground this way, but it's like 20 miles the wrong direction. Sam's knees acting up. Yeah. I was oh. being a little wimp about it. So we like, well, what the fuck are we? Gonna and we've do? sure been up for forty eight hours. Yeah, and we're kind. Of, I mean, it was a big day. We uh -huh. had a big day. So I end up calling my uh, then girlfriend, and I'm like, "So, uh, what are you doing tonight?" She's like, "Well, I just got <laughs> off work." I'm like, "So, do you want to come to Morton? Want to come to Morton, Washington?" <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Yeah, okay." She was she was, uh, she was down. So she right drove on. up, and we uh, we just parked our bikes in front of that Mexican restaurant, and got I got properly lit there you go and we ate a lot of good food and yeah. she came she picked us up we found a hotel back in randall randall back okay way up there yeah awesome east. yeah so we're going the wrong direction. but anyway she takes us up there we uh get some really uh, awesome rooms 
Not really. No, they were horrible. Okay. I didn't care. Were, they I, were I didn't care at all. It was dark and there was a bed in it. Yeah. I think I was the only one in my bed. I don't know. Huh? Yeah, there might have been some fleas. <laughs> so in the morning, we go to like this little diner and they have the best cinnamon rolls with like this big stick Ooh. of butter on top of it. Wow. And we just destroy. I don't know how much. That's why we didn't need the cinnamon. Yeah. Okay. Oh, need. I see. Yeah. Okay. That's why. Uh, no it makes a lot more Dave's sense. Bread. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very nice. So uh, I think she even brought some cookies. And then uh, she drove us back to the Mexican restaurant and said, see ya. And uh, we rode home. Oh, okay. Wow. So you got the assist, but you didn't so, take the ride all the way home. Right. Yeah, so we got the assist. Like, we just needed help. back to where we were. Because um, we, it's kind of, I don't know no, why. No, no, no. We needed to complete the circle. On yeah. That. I didn't want, uh, okay. I mean, on one hand, I was kind of like, oh, that car looks really comfy. But we've gotten yeah. this far. I mean, we've gotten this far. Yeah. And wow. So we did a hundred and I'll say 120 miles that day. That's pretty stout. Yeah, much yeah, respect like, for that. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty. And then we got flats like right by the Burgerville on Highway 30. Just get pissed. Like Just as pissed. soon as you got back to like the Portland Metro area. Yeah. <laughs> like my equipment. 3030 never never lets you down. You know. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me last summer when I came back from our tour. Like we'd gone all the way to Glacier National Park and oh, we came back. It was like seven out. weeks or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and then like I get to the airport, like Airport Way or whatever, and that's when it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Like so close, I could taste it, you know. Right. Just like, yeah. Luckily, the max is there. You can... mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, that's fair mm-hmm. enough. No, so we were just hauling as much as we could, and then Terry pointed out my food choices were wrong. Maybe okay, was, maybe I should talk about this. <laughs> yeah, well, things not to do. Things not to do. That's what. This is a pro tip. You don't get a Coke. Uh, a vitamin water, a chocolate milk, and coconut. Even though water. your brain says you want that, and okay. like some Doritos. Not a great mixture. <laughs> the Chevron. <laughs> the only like, solid in that is Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> it's all like all these liquids yeah. that are gonna sugared <laughs> liquids. Right? Terry's like goo, dude. I don't. <laughs> you got something, whatever. And I'm like, I'll be fine, dude. So we're going, and then, and then it, it didn't go fine. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I wouldn't go in the woods over there. I see. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, that's my, yeah. poo, that's my poo story. Very, very good. Yeah. I, I've got a few of those myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you know you could make underwear out of paper towels? <laughs> well, we, we didn't have Listen paper to some back episodes. Or we were out of all of that, so I had to use my giblet covers. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hashtag simpler living. <laughs> oh, that's a uh, good times. Good times. Anyway, so we yeah. got home. Congratulations. Well, you guys are certifiably badass. I mean, yeah. you you had that title long before we talked to you, but let us let us uh, confirm that that this is fantastic. Thank you for telling the story. Oh, thanks. thanks. It was really great. Appreciate the time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's your grab bag of. Good old fashioned bicycle touring fun. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Sprocket Podcast live with your current hosts, Aaron and Guthrie. All right. You can write to us at thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts on Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Send us your pictures at Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. And we're on the old Facebook, just like you. Thanks again to the beer mongers who make this happen and to all of our fearless Patreon donors. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon, and we'll see you next week.